Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage, they know that a house is so much more. A home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years... They've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. If I can just go into something real quick before I get to what I wanted to say with Tom and Tom thinking I'm a, I'm a total boob. I, didn't, I always have I didn't some horribly, I mean horribly embarrassing pick when we do our college football preview. Last week, last year. I picked Wisconsin to go to the college football playoff. Wisconsin won seven games. Isn't that right? Wisconsin was seven and five last year, right? Definitely weren't in the playoff. Holy jeez. <laughs> I picked, so far, I got, my college football playoff this year was Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Eh, not terrible so far. Not at all. Can I tell you, though? Okay, here we go. SEC West, SEC East, I had Alabama and Georgia. My champion was Alabama. So far, we'll see. Bill Bender said today he thinks that Alabama goes Death Star on LSU. 3.30 p.m. Eastern today. CBS, Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson, Gary, my man, and Jamie Erdl. Clemson, obviously, still at the top of the ACC. Ohio State, right now at the top of the Big Ten. Guess who I picked for the Pac-12? Take a guess. USC. No. You think I would, but I didn't. Remember, because I, I don't want Clay Helton to be there. I want Urban Meyer to be there. Right. I love how I made my picks based Oregon. on what I want to happen. What? You didn't take Oregon, did you? No. Yeah. That would have been a better you guess. You wouldn't pick Utah. You took Washington? Yeah. <laughs> I picked the Washington Huskies, who are 3-4 and four after last night in the division or in the conference to win the Pac-12. They got a pro quarterback prospect. Oh, uh, do can't they? Get out of their way. From what I saw last night, I don't necessarily think so. He's scuffling a little bit. Oh, is he ever? Yeah. Left or left Oregon State right in the middle of that, didn't he? I think that kid's still running. Then let's see. Just real quick, everywhere else in the American, I picked Cincinnati. Okay, we're still there. We're still there. Okay, that's pretty good. Navy's having a hell of a season. Bounce back year for Navy. Conference USA. I picked UAB. They're three and one. Not terrible. Marshall at the top at four and one. Well, Louisiana Tech right now, four and zero. Oh. In the Mid American Conference, I picked Ohio, which is not going to happen. In the Mountain West, who did I pick? Tom. Who'd you pick in the Mountain West? Boise State. Oh, okay. Sunbelt. That makes sense. Hey, I'm not too bad this year. I got App State in the Sunbelt. App State's at the top, babe. 
We're your home for Sunbelt football, CBS Sports Radio. They were wrapped. Uh, they were ranked last week, right? They lost last yeah. week. But yeah, they did. In the top 25. Yeah, they did. That was a bad one for them. Yeah, that was Georgia a bad one. Southern. Tough By the place. way, if you if you ever see uh, if you ever see App State's baseball stadium, it's absolutely beautiful. It's uh, I mean gorgeous, right there in the middle of the trees. They got South it, Carolina today, seven p.m. App uh, State at South Carolina. That's a good game. Big time for an upset. Big time for an upset. All right, no answer. Eight five five two one two four. Six points. Sorry, I was looking up the spread. So. South Carolina so, minus six. I'll take it's the six It's a six-point game? I'll take That's six all it points. is? Yeah. I don't know how big of an upset that is. Uh, you, I was going to say something else about Baker Mayfield. You wanted to call me out on the carpet on something. But in your reasoning, by the way, was totally bleeped. Can we say that for America? Can we say your, your reasoning for it was totally messed up? We're talking about supporting your children? No, that's not how you put it. All right, America, let me explain this to you before Tom goes ahead and messes up the words. I can see five burning questions getting pushed back already. Let's just, let's just do this. So Saquon Barkley's dad is going to wear a Jets jersey to the Giants-Jets game on Sunday. It's heartbreaking. Says that he's a Jets fan, and that doesn't change even though that his son plays for the Giants. But you just said yourself it's it's sacrilegious to switch between the Jets and Giants in New York. Isn't that what you said? It's controversial. It would be controversial in your social circle. It's controversial because it's sacrilegious, Tom. That's why. Yeah, that's a severe word. But sure, exactly, yeah. It but is if a your severe son word. is playing for the other team, like that's a – see, I don't have kids and you do, so maybe I shouldn't be lecturing you about the impact of no, please do. your children please tell me how to be a good life, father. But it literally changes your life. So it, it, it does. You may, I didn't know. You may have been, yeah. So you may have been a Jets fan before. The Jets have done absolutely nothing, nothing to ensure this man's loyalty. And now his son is employed by the New York Giants. He's a star uh, on the Giants. So but we're talking you're apparently about me. a fan of the Giants now. I'm just talking, talking about a father about in general. How can we're a father ta- show up to a football game and say, hey. I'm still going to root against the team we're that my talking, son is playing on? We're when it's talking the Jets. about me. Okay. We are talking about me. Let's do Brown Steelers then. Let's do Brown Steelers. Because Lima tried to take me to task yesterday. By the way, or, uh, yeah, yesterday. Lima will be on at 2 p.m. Eastern right here on CBS Sports Radio. Anthony Lima tried to take me to task because he asked me. And I said, honestly, because I said, well, if my son played left guard, he goes, no, that's too easy. If your son was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I'll put it out there for America. My Axel, my oldest, four years old, say someday he got drafted in some hypothetical sense, but if he has my genes, he's not going to play football very well. Say my son was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he was in the first round. He walked across the stage. He's their new quarterback. The Pittsburgh Steelers take Axel, number one or number whatever overall, in the first round of the 20-whatever NFL draft. That's what. It, that's the way he put it. He goes, you're oh, trying to tell right. me you wouldn't be a Steelers fan. And I'm saying, no, I would not. No way. In fact, on. I would say publicly as many times as I could, I really hope the Steelers don't draft my son. And let me tell you why. Because even though we get calls from 93.7, the fan in Pittsburgh, and I get along with a lot of those folks out there, when it comes to Pittsburgh week, when it comes to that franchise – I have had a lot of problems with that franchise for my basically my entire life, as you would know, Tom, as you could imagine. Yeah. So, one, I would believe almost that they drafted my own son out of spite because I would say that publicly. Two, how could I, 
A guy based in Cleveland, Ohio. I assume, I hope, I hope, I hope I'll be in Cleveland in umpteen years. How could I, a guy who goes out who has wanted the Browns to do well, be excited, even if it were my son, excited that the Pittsburgh Steelers were to beat up on the Cleveland Browns at First Energy Stadium or at Heinz Field? I'm supposed to go on the radio the next Monday morning and, well, that's my boy. Am I really supposed to do that? I don't think there's a chance in hell I would do that. Well, it's orange and brown, baby. You're you're putting even though Freddie Kitchens might not be here by the time we do this show next week. He said it. (laughs) If you don't wear brown and orange, you don't matter. Yeah, he's not right. He's failing because he has the wrong mentality. And I think you're you're like he you're, might not be wearing brown and orange. You're putting your your personal current situation in yeah. place of what would happen, whatever it, it would be, twelve, fourteen years down the road. You'd be mm-hmm. on an entire journey with your son by that point, and having him drafted number one overall by the Steelers. I I don't understand how you're not a Steelers fan at that point. Again, and it's I think it's more complicated if it's the inverse. If you're a Patriots fan and your son gets drafted by the Jets, I could see being like, look. You know, I have decades of joy with this team. I'm not going to abandon them, but I'm going to support you. But like, if you're a, a Jets fan I don't know and your son gets joy drafted the by the Patriots, that's it. That's your ticket. You're you're now fully on board. See, I think that. See, your way out is the biggest half-assed way. To eight five five two one two four CBS. It's not the biggest half-assed eight, way you could do it. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Chris Moore quitting the Jets in the middle of this season. Our host there on CBS Sports Radio, our weekend host, Chris Moore quitting the Jets for the Packers two weeks ago in the middle of the season. That is the flimsiest way to do it. And I don't even criticize him for it. I Actually, he's smart. But okay. your child gets drafted but is not the flimsiest way you're to switch telling me You're telling me I should just do this and use it as a get-out-of-jail card for the Cleveland Browns. I still remember, I'm not just some fan. I got to do an everyday morning show, and there's no way I could look to find people at Cleveland in the eye or in the ear, I guess I would say, on the radio and tell those people that I take delight in their favorite football team losing at the hands of my own son. I can't do that. I there's think everyone no way I can do it, that. Though. No, I don't. Tom, you, don't think you really believe that, that fans would understand that? You really believe the fans would understand that? It's your child. You really believe the fans would understand? Okay, so how about this? Kenny Carmen's son is the heir apparent because I assume Tom Brady will play until he's 60. Oh, no, so Kenny crazier. Carmen's son gets taken by Steven Bilicek in the first round of the <laughs> NFL draft and plays for the Patriots and sticks it to the Jets every time out there. You would understand? You would under if I were on FAN in New York and I came in every single day. Did you guys see what the Patriots did? I mean, did you guys see what Patriots my son fan. did? You're already a Patriots fan, so and, I don't and really that's know. why I don't it's see so, the change here. That's why it's so easy to slide on over, Tom. Don't you get it? That's why it's so easy. You I just, know I love Tom. You know I love. You know I love the Patriots. You know I love Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's already your second team, so. This is a bad example. I just can't. And, I if it's my second You're team. making a good argument in I, general. I, I just him. can't believe Saquon Barkley is going to show up to this game wearing the opposing team's jersey when the opposing well, team is a dumpster fire that deserves zero loyalty from anyone and the other franchise made his child yeah, but their star and face. You're just worked into a shoot. That's your problem. If the Jets were actually worth anything you this year, you would probably feel a little bit different about it. You understand exactly how I feel because the Browns, the Browns are the same again, thing. His father isn't a person who does what he does publicly. I do what I do publicly, and I don't think that I could sit here okay. and tell people with a straight face how excited I am about my son okay. beating up on their favorite football What if you team? weren't a radio host, though? What if you were just a private citizen like like Mr. Barkley? I haven't thought about that. i got to think right. about it for All a right. second. 
I at least I'm thinking about it. Because if it were any other, I, it would be so much easier if he were any other position. Because you know, Tom, if he were any other position, I could look at it and go, ah, it's a business. Quarterback, quarterback, there's a lot of hopes and dreams on a franchise. You you usually go how your quarterback goes. Usually. So if my son was doing well, the, the Steelers would have to probably be doing well. If my son was doing poorly, the Steelers would be doing poorly. So there is a little bit of a difference there. Like you can be a really good left tackle and your team could still suck. So I, I have to I have to bring that into question. But if we are doing the hypothetical here, I would say no. I'd still have to say I I, I like who I like and that's who I like. I think it's sad. That's the way it goes. Sad. I'm getting DMs right now from listeners in Youngstown, Ohio. If all three of my boys were drafted by the Steelers and the Steelers were playing in France, I'd root for France from Anonymous. I swear to God on my sons. How do you like that there, Tom? How do you like that? That's Browns like fans, it. bud. I think it's That's absurd. A, and I kept his name I Anonymous. I swear on my damaged. sons he said that. I said that name anonymously, so you can't go back on that and say that I made that up because that's an absolute truth. That's a private citizen. I totally would believe it. I a think, private citizen. I think that Browns and Jets fans are damaged, and I think that we're in a weird era of sports where the loyalty, well, yeah, one's, the one's ultimate still loyalty too loyal. of fans is being tested. Well, one's still too loyal. One side's still too loyal. The other side, you're looking for any right life raft off that island. You're looking for anything. Everyone I mean, should you, be. You Ken. are about to get a football and put a face on it and start to put together FedEx packages who, who, to get away from being a Jets fan. Who went viral this week having a what was described? I did. I, I found as super entertaining, but was I described did. as an unhinged meltdown over the Browns on his radio it was, show. This week. It was the meltdown, and it was unhinged. I didn't deny anything that was said about me. Hey, at least I. Hey, I could have ended and up what in, was the, on. Let's let's be serious. I could have ended up on awful announcing for a hell of a lot worse. Of course, I thought it was okay. a great segment. Thank but, you very much. But the thesis the thesis of your whole entire meltdown was that this is what I get for buying in again, I and know. that's the problem here. Ken. I know. I'm not just being a whiny Jets fan uh, based on one fall. It's a but, situation but where again. that if you put your neck out for these franchises ever this year, ten years ago, ever, uh-huh. you get burned. But that's it's the different. problem. It's different with Steelers Browns for Browns fans here. And I think that you might feel the same way, even with the Jet. If the Jets had any help, I, I know you're broken right now, is. and your heart is your heart is turned into rubble. But I feel that it's different for Browns fans here. And doing what I do, see, you're telling me as a fan, it's not just the fan I, I, of the team. It's not just the team. I'm looking at the fans that I talk to every single morning. It's a blessing, and I understand. And so but when I talk damaged. to them, I can't rub it in their face because my son goods. put it to them. You should support your son and not tilt the way that you I, treat that situation I based on my the son. unhinged Browns fans who, who have made an, a, a something way more than it is out of this thing with the Steelers. The Steelers, the Steelers care way less because the Steelers actually hunt Super Bowls. The Browns hunt the Steelers, and they waste their own time and, and their fans' time every single year. So you should support your child. I do. Not the Cleveland Browns. Except against the Browns. Not the, the New Browns. York Jets. Except against the Browns. I would hope he does well, but I hope the Steelers ultimately lose. As a fan. I have to. I just have to. It would suck. I, I feel like the Steelers would do that on purpose. Like Pony Master out there in Pittsburgh would try to get that going. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Even though Tomlin certainly wouldn't talk to him, he hates Mike Tomlin. Darren, Grand Ledge, Michigan. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, good afternoon. You know, okay, 
I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, all right? So basically, for me, it would be like if my son was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. But I'm sorry, but he's your flesh and blood. I would wear my son's jersey, and I may be privately rooting for the, Cow- or for the Cowboys to win, but I still wouldn't wear the opposing team's jersey, especially if it was a, uh, an orange and brown. I mean, my friend, isn't that, isn't that what comes out of the human body when you take okay, so much vitamins? Darren, I mean, my God. You see what that is? See what that is, Tom? And I'm supposed to just turn that off because my son gets drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers? Which there's plenty of people, and I'm just using this locally. Think about it. Raiders fan. Chiefs fan. Put yourself in a position. You've been hosting a, you've been hosting a show, talking to that fan base. For at that time would be 20 years. God, I'd love to do that. At that time would be 20 years. You're ingrained in the community. You're a part of the community. A part of the sports talk scene. Hey, you're, you're drawing a totally extreme and, scenario. Fine. But it's I can obviously, if you stay you. in your current job thank for the you. next two decades and your child becomes a first-round pick thank of the Steelers, you. I can thank see in you. your one unique situation why you might yep. actually still show yep. up to that game in a Browns uniform. And I still think you're crazy. But it's not the same as what's happening with the Barclays right now. Let me get to Charlie in Clemson, South Carolina. Go ahead, Charlie. Hey, yeah, and, you know, put it on more of a college level. I'm not really a big pro fan, but if I've got four boys, and if either the one of them goes to play for South Carolina Gamecocks, <laughs> they're done. They're done. I hope they, I hope he does so bad they cut him. So oh, I my God. oh my so, God. <laughs> that, that's just, you don't mean? Do you mean that, Charlie? Do you mean that sincerely? Absolutely. And I, he's thirteen, the oldest, and I've told him that. Is he with you right now? No, he's not. He's oh he's man, watching, watching football. But if he goes to a different school, ECU, he likes some of those smaller schools, App State. I would so let me, secondarily, but South Carolina. So does he? Let me ask you this. So he, so he plays football right now? Does he? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. So, Dabo Sweeney don't come to town, but Will Muschamp does full ride scholarship to your son. Come to Columbia, South Carolina. Play for the Gamecocks. What's your answer? Uh, he, he He's welcome to go, but I've got Tiger Paws on my gate. So, when he comes home, he's going through Tiger Paws, and I won't go watch him play. Never. I hope they cut him. <laughs> it's that bad. <laughs> Charlie, thank you very much for the call. Tom. 855-212-4CBS. Like I guess we're going to we're going to push off five burning questions. It's Ken Carvin on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. Uh, Andrew Testa. One of the greatest statements of all time. Keep it going, please. More Southerns disavowing their sons. Just called them Southerns. Yeah, we had Charlie from South Carolina who said uh, he brought it to college football. See, I'm different on college football. But he took it to college. I, I asked him, because I said, if, if, my, if I had a son, Saquon Barkley's dad's going to wear a Jets jersey to the game tomorrow. 
And I said, hey, you know, doing just doing what I do, I do it in Cleveland, and in Cleveland is a very tight-knit, big city. So a lot of people know a lot of people, a lot of people see a lot of people. It, it's and Since there's social media, it's a lot more tight-knit than it certainly even used to be. And so I don't think I can sit here and talk about Browns football for 20 years and wanting the Browns to do well, and everybody here knows I want the Browns to do well, and everybody in the world knows I want the Browns to do well because I say it every time. That's why I lose my mind when they don't do well. If my son got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, listen, I hope he beats the Bengals, and I hope he beats the Ravens. I hope he beats them by a ton. I hope they beat the Colts, and I hope they beat the Patriots, and I hope they beat the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Raiders and the so on and the so forth. But I can't sit there. I don't know if I'd wear a Browns jersey. I don't wear. I don't think I'd wear like a Joe Thomas jersey to the game that that my son was playing in as quarterback for the Steelers. Wouldn't do that. But uh, you know what? If he just goes fourteen and two every year and somehow finds a way to lose to the Browns, that's going to be okay with me. Tom can't believe it. And it's a connection with to me. It's a connection with the fans. It's more of a connection with the fans than it is the team. But Charlie in, in South Carolina brought it up that he said if his son, I asked him, full ride, South Carolina, Clemson's not even sniffing. Dabo Sweeney's not even interested. Said, nah, we're all full at the end. Too bad, sorry. He said he hopes his son gets cut. Tom, I'm sure you're disgusting. It's just, look, I, like I mean, I had, somebody, I had somebody on Twitter saying that, like, obviously the argument I'm making shows that I, I'm not loyal and I've never been a fan of anything, and, blah, 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 and it's insane. Like, I'm a Mets, Jets, Knicks fan, and I will always be. It's a family thing. This was handed down by my father. I didn't choose these teams, and I will always be loyal to these teams. But my own observation watching these teams is that, like, it's not smart. It's not, like, impressive, my loyalty to those teams. It's stupid. I'm enabling those franchises. And so when now we're making it about children, like if we're going to talk about an opportunity to Someone's embrace another franchise because my, they're supporting my child and my family and our future, I'm not going to keep loyalty to oh, he's supporting embarrassing his organizations. He's supporting there's his nothing, children. There's nothing admirable about that. That's just like you've been brainwashed that like it's a positive to, to show this level of loyalty, oh, yeah. but it really... It, it it is it doesn't it doesn't and it's part of the reason that the Browns and the Jets can continue to do oh, business that, in the way I, that they do. I don't think do. that's true. Okay, look at the Patriots. The Patriots have been the most successful franchise probably in sports over the last twenty years. Right. Am I missing anything? No, I mean positive feedback I, I, for doing a good I'm job. Willing, I, Ken, Ken, positive I'm, feedback for doing a good job is not a bad thing. Positive feedback for being an absolute embarrassment. And never-ending lifelong loyalty towards being an absolute but joke this is, is how think- Christopher Johnson and the Wilpons, and I don't even want to get into the, the oh, your owner and the owner, the, both comes. owners and the NFL in Ohio, how comes. they stay in business. That's how they stay in business. This See, kind of blind but and, frankly, at times, especially if we're talking about children, when dumb you have, loyalty. When you have that loyalty, see, you're not th- you're thinking of the owners. You've been worked into the shoot by the owners. I'm sorry, Charles Johnson with Char- uh, Woody Johnson – one of the Johnsons, whoever it might be, honestly, man, they can go ahead and sell the team and you can find another bad owner. Owners are, I can name on one hand, I can name on one finger an owner that's, any of the owners that are liked in pro sports. Owners are meant to be hated. So saying that you're you're buying into the owner's BS is not a hard thing to do. Sorry, Tom. It's just not. So it's not about it's an owner. Not, it's it's, it's easy. about it's a community. Admirable. It's about a sense. And I think that if you found the Patriots, where Bob Kraft certainly has his misgivings, 
Hello? But they've been successful. It's a connection to the city. It's a connection to the area. It's a connection to the region. It brings people together. It's simply not about ownership. Ownerships come and they go. The organization, whether we like it or not, is a representation of a region. I think it's a little different for you since you come from an area that has two NFL franchises. So it's a little different. I'm, I'm, I'm I think the acknowledging Browns are that. Weirdly, too much of that. It's weird. It's too far. Too much of what? Too far what? Like, um, almost like a college team. Like too much of like a a weirdly defining cultural thing that because allows over, for well, part of this is overreaction that over... and overloyalty, a frenzy around the team that helps. And the Jets are a similar situation that helps make it impossible for a young coach or a young quarterback to succeed no matter what happens. I will try to get to these people. I cannot believe I, for whatever reason, my call box just went completely blank and all of a sudden I see all these people here, Tom. I'm sorry about this. Well, unfortunately, we have a uh, yeah, very I know. good we, guest coming we up. We got Sage Rosenfels coming up. We might get back to this or I might just ask whether or not Bill Belichick would pick Tom Brady or, or Jimmy Garoppolo later on. We'll see that. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Five burning questions, probably at one twenty p.m. Eastern now. After Tom and I just had a knockdown drag out. We're going to have to save that for another day. Maybe next week. If the Jets keep losing, like they're asked to have a conversation about pro sports fans putting your fandom, like not up for sale, but up for grabs. If it's becoming more and more of a globalized sport, like we see this in the NBA, it's already happened. People are fans of players. They're not fans of teams as much. Could something like that happen in football? Hey, Tom's at his wit's end right now. 855-212-4CBS. So that coming up uh, probably at another time. But five burning questions coming up at around 1.20 p.m. Eastern. Joining us right now, former NFL quarterback, QB Collective, Score North, up in Minnesota, 670 the score in Chicago, Sage Rosenfels, former Iowa State Cyclone, joining us on the show. Hello, Sage. Hello, and, and I'll tell you what, those Cyclones have a huge game tonight playing down in Norman, Oklahoma, national televised game. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, we, you know, we beat, uh, I should say we, my team, my old team, uh, the Cyclones went down to Norman two years ago and got a mm-hmm. huge win. So uh, we'll see what they can do with that, uh, obviously, always talented Oklahoma Sooner team today. Now, you can always say we. You can't say we now, even though it's your former team. I mean, I have nothing to do with it. I guess I'm a supporter. I'm an athletic supporter as, at this point, right? But uh, I love the way Matt Campbell, uh, our coach, uh, who's you know, got a lot of name uh, recognition now around in college football and even some in the NFL, uh, I love how the way he has taken this program sort of to the next level. And you know, we'll, we'll see if he can get it to a, a you know, nine or ten win season. It's not, Ames, Iowa is not the easiest place uh, uh, to win football games and to recruit to. Uh, but the fan base is incredible. We sell out you know, all, all these games now, getting 60,000-plus at these football games. And, and he has done a fantastic job reviving this program uh, that took some steps back uh, before he got there. Oh, Sage, I wish I could mention anything, but there's been a moratorium placed on me mentioning his name by our producer, Tom. Uh, <laughs> anyway, joining us on the show, Sage Rosenfels. He uh, is, wh- way, all, all, about half of his coaching staff, huge Cleveland Browns fans. They're all, all these guys are from from the Ohio and, and, and Cleveland area. So you mm-hmm. go in that parking lot, there's like three coaches that have Cleveland Browns license plates. <clears throat> Tom. Anyway, uh, Sage Rosenfels joining us on the show. What has been the turnaround with Kirk Cousins? Because before it seemed like there was going to be a mutiny. Well, it's interesting. You know, Kirk uh, is sort of one of these quarterbacks that when the team around him plays really well, in particular, 
the offensive line. When the offensive line plays well, when you get a running game going, Kirk Cousins is a a very good quarterback. Uh, He's pretty accurate. Uh, He many times makes good decisions with the football, throwing the football. Uh, He's got a heck of an arm. But the things around him have to be, you know, basically perfect. If there is a lot of push in the pocket, if there is a, you know, defensive end uh, beats a left tackle, bad things happen and, and things break down. And he does not have that athletic ability like a, you know, like a Russell Wilson or even like an, you know, an Aaron Rodgers or even a Tom Brady to move around the pocket very well and find some space. He doesn't have the ability to sort of overcome uh, when that offensive line breaks down. And so in the games that Kirk has played really well this year uh, are usually against lesser opponents. They're, they're against a, a team that they should beat. And it's when the offensive line has played really well. You know, the Vikings are third in the NFL in rushing. Of course, the quarterback has very little to do with that, unless you're, say, like a Lamar Jackson, where you're actually a part of the rushing attack. But uh, when the offensive, play, and the offensive line plays really well, Kirk plays well. In the other games, when he hasn't played as well, it's, a, it's been against the sort of top-tier, you know, top-ten type of teams. You know, they got a game this Sunday night, Dallas Cowboys. This is one of those primetime games. And right now, uh, Kirk Cousins is 0-10-1 in this two seasons as a Minnesota Viking quarterback when he's gone into the fourth quarter not, uh, 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 losing, uh, not in the lead, I should say, you know, on the, losing the football game. He has not brought his team back at all in the fourth quarter and they paid him all that money because they thought this is the guy who can take us to the next level well Sunday night this is a big time crunch game for him uh to, you know sort of prove or try to show that he can be a guy uh that uh you know leads this Vikings team when it really matters in the fourth quarter uh and to win big football games in prime time which he has not done whether in Washington or Minnesota very often. Sage Rosenfels with us on the show how do fans up there feel about Mike Zimmer right now? I think they like Mike Zimmer. You know, the def- well, he's a defensive specialist, and their defense is always in the top ten. Shoot, it's normally in the top five. Uh, you know, they have a certain sort of style of what they would call complementary football uh, that they feel is conducive to winning a lot of football games, to winning 10, 11, 12 football games consistently. You know, that defense is loaded with talent. Uh, they got a lot of good players. They're right in their prime, so this is sort of the time for them to win. You know, Harrison Smith's not getting any younger, and Anthony Barr, and and, uh, you know, Everson Griffin, you know, Daniel Hunter is a beast uh, as, a, as the other defensive end. They've got some really, really good football players in this defense. It's not a complicated defense, uh, but they're sort of up in your face. They play a lot of man-to-man coverage, and they, they're successful for the most part. Uh, you know, this, this season, that has been the strength of this football team in previous seasons. Uh, the question is, does, does the other side of the, 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 uh, the football team, the offense, uh, you know, can they, you know, you know sort of pick up, uh, if they ever have games where they're you know, not as effective defensively. And, you know, sometimes this offense has, a, has struggled to sort of pick up that slack. Sunday night, Mike Zimmer's defense is going to have one huge challenge because I think this Cowboys offense has some receivers that can really run. Amari Cooper, obviously Tavon Austin, uh, you know, some of those other guys, they can really run. And right now, the corners, uh, both uh, Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes, they are the weakness of this defense, and that sounds crazy because the first-round draft picks, and they both have been really good players. The Xavier Rhodes is well past his prime, and he gets picked on in man-to-man coverage a lot, and we'll see how he uh, uh, plays on Sunday night. But overall, I think Vikings fans uh, you know, think pretty highly of, uh, of Mike Zimmer. He's done a pretty good job since he's been there. Sage Rosenfels with us on the show, former NFL quarterback, QB Collective on Score North, also on 670, the score in Chicago. Is it a surprise, or is this back where you kind of thought they would be with the Packers in that NFC North? 
Yeah, uh, well, yeah, you know, you sort of look at that race, uh, you know, starting the season and, and you, you're going into it thinking, okay, the Packers are, you know, they might be pretty good. Chicago had some, such a monstrous season last year. They look like they're a team that's going to fall off and, and not be a part of the mix at the end of the season. So looks to me like it's going to be pretty much a two-team race, uh, the Vikings and the Packers, as we head down the stretch. And, you know, the Vikings haven't beat anybody really good this year. You know, they went to Kansas City last weekend, and uh, you would think going against Matt Moore, the backup quarterback for the Chiefs, uh, you know, that, that's a team that they can beat. And so they didn't beat them. You know, that was a quality ball club. Obviously, Sunday night, quality ball, ball club, the Dallas Cowboys. But, the, you know, the Packers, what I love about them is that in the past, in the last four or five years, Mike, uh, you know, uh, Mike McCartney, the head coach, uh, Mike McCarthy, the head coach, a lot of shotgun, a lot of, like, relying on uh, Aaron Rodgers to do everything. I love that this year they're running the football more. They're doing a lot of more play-action stuff where it's more traditional with Rodgers under center. And Aaron is so good when he's out of the pocket. When he, when he has time to launch it down the field, and, and, and he's so accurate on his deep balls, and that's hard to do when you're staying in the pocket uh, uh, in shotgun on first, second, and third down all the time, which is what he was doing in the past. So I think they're actually getting more out of Aaron Rodgers by asking him to do a little bit less. What's wrong with Mitchell Trubisky? I think Mitch Trubisky is in the exact wrong offense for his skill set. Now, is he the greatest quarterback in the world? No. But I, when I look at Mitch and his skill set, he's a really good athlete. He, 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 he's good when he's out of the pocket. He's not great when he's in the pocket. Reminds me a lot of Jake Plummer. I don't know if that, that makes any sense to you, but you know, Jake was a great athlete. They call him the snake for a reason. But as a pure pocket passer, that was not his strength. And right now, in this offense, this Matt Nagy offense, and I watch it every single week, he is in shotgun almost all the time on first down. There's a lot of empty. There's a lot of four wide receivers. That offense is, is saying pretty much our quarterback is the best player on our team. We want him to disperse the football and make all the decisions. That's what happens when you put your quarterback in that type of situation. I think it would be much better if they had him on their center more, if they were more one of those, you know, almost like what the 49ers are doing and the and the uh, uh, the Rams are doing and what the Packers are doing and what the Vikings are doing. More of that traditional zone, play action, bootleg, you know, so, so he can get out of the pocket uh, and not have to stand there uh, and, and try to do something that, to be honest with you, he's just not very good at. He's not a very good pocket passer. He's not that accurate. Uh, he doesn't do a great job of understanding blitzes and with the pass protection along that offensive line. I, I think that Matt Nagy, uh, you know, it's his offense. I think he absolutely has just the wrong quarterback to, to run his style of offense. Sage Rosenfels with us on the show. I want to ask you a question, even though it probably will kill what I want to talk about at 1 o'clock, which would be 10, 10 Western. Um, if Bill Belichick, say we got him good and drunk. I don't know what he drinks. Say we got him good and drunk. We asked him, we said, who would you rather have, Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo right now, Tom? Or right now, Bill? Sage, which one would he pick? I think Tom Brady because he wants to win Super Bowls right now. And I think Belichick uh, does a really good job of what, is, what are we going to do this year or what are we going to do this week to win this game? What are we going to do this year to win Super Bowl this year? And he's never really gotten too far ahead uh, because, as, as you know, as we all know, you know, when a lot of their players get to the point where, hey, should we, should we re-sign this guy? You know, he's He's in his early 30s. He lets all those guys go. He is not. Uh, he, he is thinking to win right now. 
and uh, he doesn't think about the past because the past really means nothing. But I, I got to think that being that Tom has been in so many playoff games, uh, he's obviously won the six Super Bowls, that what Bill Belichick is thinking right now is to win the Super Bowl this year, and that would be Tom Brady. Now, if you ask him over the next 10 years, I would think, yeah, for the next you know two, three years, he's probably thinking Tom Brady would love to have, but obviously Garoppolo is going to be a lot longer. So he'd be the long-term answer. But right now I think Belichick is a – Solely focus on what are we going to do this week and how are we going to win this football game and how are we going to win the Super Bowl this year. Well, damn it. Thanks a lot, Sage. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm still going to try to make that argument coming up. I think I got a good so one. So your argument is, is Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, I think uh, I, I'm, Bill Belichick, what does he drink? He, I think he just drinks uh, what does he drink? Just He drinks probably an anchor, anchor steamer. That's probably his, uh, his style there I was with, just, with the Boston. I was going to guess gasoline. <laughs> That's true. Or he just drinks wins. That's probably what he drinks. <laughs> the is souls of the coaches that he's gotten fired because he beats them so often. Yeah, I will say this about Jimmy G. You know, I, I played for Kyle Shanahan, and, and his offense is so different than that Belichick-Tom uh, Brady offense. Just not only like the language, but the style of offense is very different. And I know it has taken him a little bit of time to make that transition. It's almost like learning a new foreign language and then, spending enough time with it to get comfortable with it. But he has played, you know, he hasn't played great football this year. But yeah. At the end of the day, they haven't lost a football game. So for me, the quarterback has done his job, and Jimmy G has played pretty dang well uh, in the 2019 season. Follow this man on Twitter, at Sage Rosenfels 18 Sage, we thank you for the time, buddy. All the best. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Sage Rosenfels joining us on the hotline. 855-2124-CBS. I'm going to make the argument. I'm going to get Bill Belichick good and drunk. And ask him a question. Who would he pick, Tom or Jimmy? I'll ask you that as well. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 